Hello everyone and welcome to the 18th episode of the Stack to Eve podcast. In this episode, we have with us Niveda, who is a senior consultant at ThoughtWorks. Today we'll be talking about an interesting library called Tyco, which is a library for testing web applications and it has some pretty interesting features that I could see uh, that distinguish itself from very lot of other similar tools that are there in the space. So I wanted to get some more context on where the inspiration for Tyco came from, what's happening with it, what are some of the core features of it, what were some of the challenges that the team had to face to address some of the design uh, principles that they had while building it, and then uh, talk a bit about what is the future for Tyco, where it is heading, and so on. Hey, welcome, Niveda. Hey, hi. Hey, thanks for taking the time to come on the podcast. So yeah. can you start by quickly uh, introducing yourself, what you work on generally? Uh, yeah, I, I'm Niveda. I work in ThoughtWorks uh, as a developer. Uh, it's been almost six years uh, since I started uh, my career. And uh, I currently work uh, as a developer in uh, Gage and Tyco team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so can you expand a bit about Gage? Uh, what is the setup uh, there? Like before we begin talking specifically about Tyco. So uh, Gage is a test runner uh, that aids writing tests uh, in a natural language. Uh, so uh, we can write our specifications in Markdown and then uh, the implementation can be written in uh, uh, any language learners. There are uh, many language runners like Python, Java, JavaScript. So depending on uh, what what your application needs, we can write the implementation in uh, the language that needs. So Gage helps in orchestrating uh, tests and uh, repo uh, generating reports. So the main purpose of Gage is uh, orchestrating uh, the uh, automation test, like the end-to-end -end test. Gage aims at uh, uh, testing end-to-end uh, -end flows, like functional tests and API tests. Cool. So can you talk a bit about what Taiko is and what is how you are involved with Taiko itself and uh, and also a little bit more on it evolved within the context of gauge also right in a way so how did yeah. how did the idea of a Taiko come up and how oh, did it all start yeah, yeah so for making uh, the process of end-to-end -end testing smoother uh, so we wanted to introduce uh, Taiko so most of the UI automation tests uh, that are written using gauge uses one or the other uh, automation tools for writing functional tests to automate UI so uh, many a times users used to face a lot of problems like um, um, maintainability and flakiness in tests. So for making this uh, a smoother experience, uh, uh, we wanted to introduce uh, Tyco. So Tyco is a browser automation tool uh, that focuses on uh, uh, testing. So Tyco is inspired from Helium, a tool uh, that has a simple API and it has a interactive repel like uh, how Tyco has now. And Tyco is also inspired from uh, Puppeteer, uh, which interacts with browser using Chrome DevTools protocol. Uh, so since Tyco uses Chrome DevTools protocol, uh, it, it can be used against any uh, browser that supports uh, CDP. Uh, like Chrome uh, or uh, the latest version of uh, Microsoft Edge, Opera, 
and even uh, firefox ha has a partial support and uh, they are adding more support and making it uh, stable they are adding support for cdp currently uh, so that's how uh, tyco started even uh, to be more precise tyco was initially uh, a wrapper over puppeteer and then uh, it moved towards uh, adapting the protocol directly okay so um, we obviously know there are tools like uh, selenium and so on which are there in the space so what would you think as the libraries that are closest to what uh, tyco is doing and uh, once we have established that so what what do you think are the main features that at least we aim to differentiate it from these other tools and what are the core uh, distinguishing features of tyco so since tyco aims at solving problems like uh, test maintenance cost and uh, flakiness the main uh, feature in uh, tyco i would say is uh, uh, smart selectors and proximity selectors so uh, like uh, how would uh, we we can reduce the maintenance cost so when i say uh, maintenance is like uh, going and rewriting our tests again and again uh, so most of the time uh, what testers end, end up doing is uh, whenever there is a change in uh, any dom structure like say if uh, an id is changed or a css class is changed and then uh, the functional test start breaking even though the functionality is intact uh, so yeah. which is an unnecessary uh, burden on testers to simply go keep on changing the selectors uh, uh, which which is not actually affecting the functionality uh, so smart selector uh, comes into place there so they, those are all based on text searches so it uh, tries to mimic uh, as much as possible how user would actually interact with browser so if we are if you have to go instruct a user to click on a button in a page how would we say something like we would say uh, uh, please click on a button with label uh, click me so that's how an api in tyco would also look like uh, it 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 would be very similar like that so we would simply say click button click me that's how uh, uh, the command in uh, tyco would also look like so tyco tries to mimic how you uh, so would interact with a web page so that uh, it abstracts out the underlying dom structure and uh, it can make uh, the tests more uh, stable uh, and uh, proximity selectors uh, also helps uh, aiding this like uh, using the proximity selector we can uh, select any element uh, based on its vicinity uh, like uh, if you want to select if there are two buttons having the same label then how would we differentiate that we can then uh, say uh, click uh, this button uh, below uh, these uh, wordings or something like that so proximity selectors uh, can be used by telling like uh, you can select an element near one or above one or uh, to the right of to the left of uh, like that and all so that that is uh, one main core feature in tyco that differentiates it from uh, other uh, tools in the space and uh, the other feature that hey, uh, uh, just to uh, when we say other tools in the space right i did mention selenium so could you expand a bit on that um, so that uh, especially to others listening also and to also to my mind we know exactly which are the tools that we are comparing with 
so would uh, something like cypress also come into uh, picture yeah cypress uh, puppeteer mm. um, and selenium and tools that are based on selenium like webdriver mm. ivo and mm. recently uh, selenium has also said that they are going to adopt proximity selectors uh, because of an inspiration from tyco yeah. oh nice good to know so yeah uh, i think um, I, I personally haven't written a lot of them, but I do write and maintain these functional tests. And I think the biggest one is a lot of times when the tests do fail, it's failing mainly for some trivial reason, or maybe because it, nothing really changed, but you might have moved things a bit or changed a selector here or something like that, right? So yeah, yeah good to know. I think uh, and also sort of surprising that it's not being done already. Is there any other tool that uh, does it? Is uh, Helium that you mentioned something? Yes, that it, was it is inspired it? from Helium actually. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so to talk a bit on the implementation, right? So what were the challenges in implementing uh, like proximity uh, selectors? Um, so uh, how, how, how difficult was it? What were the primary challenges when you had to face when designing an API around proximity selectors and were there some corner cases or some cases where you found like it was pretty yeah. tricky to get the right thing? And of course, uh, to expand a bit on that, do you also have I, I think there should also be then once if something cannot be achieved, actually do use the normal CSS selectors or something like that. Uh, so uh, internally, if we see uh, all those are uh, implemented using a CSS selector within yeah. Tyco. So we abstract that out for users. So there were a lot of corner cases uh, for the text search. Say if you have to say, uh, say for example a button uh, it can be a button label or even the value in the input field so Tycho has to figure out uh, if uh, the rendered text is actually a label for that button or if it is a value or if it is a child node within that button so it can be anything that uh, can be rendered as a button so there were so many cases uh, which we had to handle and uh, that were all added based on user feedback uh, and uh, and still uh, there are uh, edge cases like uh, where uh, uh, the DOM, uh, a normal div being painted like a radio button. So when we say uh, a radio button in Tyco, we actually look for input field with type radio. But then uh, in with modern uh, JavaScript frameworks, it's, it's not the case really. Uh, any div can be painted like a uh, radio button. So that's where uh, proximity selectors come into picture. Uh, when we say uh, click uh, uh, next to click uh, link next to uh, some uh, radio button label, then it would uh, really find what is uh, to the left of it. And that's where it uh, plays a major role when uh, we don't really have to go look into if it is a button or if it is really a radio button or if it is a link. So it, it, it all uh, were built based on user feedback whenever there are some edge cases missed. So, um, so other thing I wanted to ask is we talked about the Chrome developer protocol, right? So how has it been maintaining a library on top of it? Has it been a pretty stable protocol? How, how are things with working with that? Yeah, so Chrome DevTools protocol, uh, 
like it 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 keeps evolving constantly uh, so we have a abstraction over that so there is a library called uh, chrome remote interface that we use uh, which actually takes care of all the web socket calls so uh, all the communication between uh, Tyco user script and uh, browser is based on web sockets. So Chrome remote interface takes care of all the web socket calls, uh, provides the protocol uh, as API to Tyco, uh, which we consume. So uh, since uh, the protocol is also evolving, the greatest difficulty we found is uh, proper documentation and examples for what we are trying to achieve. Most of the time we actually end up uh, looking at how Puppeteer has implemented certain features to understand how the protocol actually works. So uh, that was another pain point that we had. Uh, uh, like uh, we'll have to really go look into some browser implementation. Like say uh, one of the main feature in Tyco is implicit weights. So for uh, implementing that, we need to know what are all the requests that are being triggered as part of an action and we should wait for those requests to be completed. So for this, we had to actually go deeper to understand how browser actually handles network services. So when we say a request is complete, what are all the states it can be like a response is received or uh, the request would have been aborted. So for understanding all of these, uh, we had to really go read uh, about Chromium's network services. So it was uh, uh, that detailed where we had to go. Uh, and it, it, it was actually a great learning process also since uh, we understand more about the browser, we were able to provide uh, better uh, resolutions for that. So which can make our tests a less flakier when we actually wait for better actions. Yeah, yeah, I think um, waiting for uh, requests or uh, dynamic XHR requests and content to render, I think and not handling those correctly are one of the other reasons for uh, tests to start breaking. So uh, yeah, interesting to know that the framework itself does some intelligence on it to make sure tests are run in a more optimal way, right? Yeah. So uh, does uh, the underlying Chrome uh, protocol help uh, with some of these aspects or it, it you had to go, like you said, into the details of understanding it? Does it make a bit easier? How, how was the development experience around it? So uh, it, it was actually nice using the protocol. Mm. Like uh, anything that happens uh, in the life cycle of uh, the browser, we, we get... Uh, uh, the details about it. Since uh, Chrome DevTools protocol is a two-way communication, unlike uh, the WebDriver protocol, which is one way, we get to know about uh, the events happening in the browser then and there. Like uh, we'll know if there is any tab being opened at the moment that it is happening. And uh, we'll get to know about uh, even the uh, rendering life cycle uh, of uh, the page. Like, uh, we can even uh, take advantage of that uh, to like wait for the first meaningful pain that can happen instead of simply waiting for the load of the page, which will even make uh, the tests more reliable and make sure that even all the fonts and other XHRs are all loaded properly. Uh, so that really helps making the tests more uh, reliable, which, which is one uh, 
pain point I see in uh, other uh, tools that uses WebDriver protocol. We, uh, this allows us to uh, take uh, advantage of uh, browser settings like uh, you can uh, change uh, the network condition, you can emulate the network condition on runtime. Uh, we can test uh, changing the network condition like going on offline uh, and changing it to 2G or 3G at runtime and even emulating devices. Like with uh, WebDriver protocol, we'll have to do it as a capability to add it as a capability to the browser driver. And it can be done only once. But mm. with uh, uh, the DevTools protocol, we get an advantage of uh, doing it anytime in between. And also it uh, provides a very great power uh, by letting us know the request and responses. So Tyco also provides a way to intercept those requests and response and uh, mock them if uh, needed. So it, it uh, brings down a big over, uh, overhead on testers like creating a mock server. You can completely mock the server without uh, creating any mock server. You can simply write a one-line API which would say uh, mock this request and uh, return this response. So that kind of power uh, is given by uh, the DevTools protocol. Yeah. Nice, yeah, I think all that makes it very interesting and I actually want to try it out. So one thing that I wanted to ask is you were mentioning about offline applications and all, right? So coming from a context of a progressive web app and yes. service workers, are there any specific approaches that people do for testing with service workers and does Tyco provide any bills and whistles to do uh, uh, like testing what a service worker is doing and all that? Uh, Currently, there is no uh, mm. direct API that Tyco provides, uh, but still, uh, we can anytime take advantage of uh, DevTools protocol using Tyco. So Tyco also has a plugin architecture. So mm. since we wanted to leverage all the power of uh, DevTools protocol and also keep uh, the core Tyco focused uh, for the UI automation, uh, but we can always take advantage of uh, Tyco's plugin architecture. So there are a uh, few plugins like uh, Tyco Diagnostics, which aids us uh, doing performance metrics and all. And uh, there is a, a plugin called uh, Tyco Storage that uh, helps us uh, accessing the local storage and memory management in the browser. So we can always take uh, advantage of uh, the DevTools protocol using Tyco's plugin environment. And also if user wants to do some one or two uh, take advantage of one or two APIs in the protocol they can uh, take uh, they can use it with the client API so Tyco exposes uh, the client API so uh, the user can always uh, take advantage of that so there is currently no specific APIs for that yes. yeah all that sounds interesting like I said uh, I do have a Cypress-based uh, testing framework for a current app that I'm working on. Um, yeah. Probably will try out to see how Tyco compares. And yeah, it, uh, sounds like it's going to be making things much easier. I did look at the features on the website a bit. Yeah, it sounded pretty interesting. And so after speaking with you, I think it feels like something that I should try out. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot for those information. So uh, just coming to the final question for this episode. So what is the future world for Tyco? What are some of the upcoming features? What are the primary focus for the team? Where can we see this product going? Okay, so the primary focus that we have is uh, uh, 
making our uh, error messages more uh, self sufficient for users to like fix them by themselves uh, so we are focusing on uh, giving prompt error messages uh, uh, so that they don't come back uh, to us that the messages itself is sufficient for them to fix it so that's our focus uh, and also we are constantly trained to cover all the edge cases uh, with implicit weights so definitely uh, the hypothesis that we have currently is not sufficient for uh, making the test completely uh, reliable like uh, so we try to cover as much as possible uh, but still uh, there is always scope for improvement uh, so we constantly try uh, improving our implicit weights uh, so that is there and uh, we currently added support for uh, shadow dom that is uh, one of the major feed that we uh, reached currently so uh, like like we said uh, tyco tries to consider um, Uh, the web page as uh, the implementation of web page as a black box uh, so the uh, this is one of that so we currently added support for considering shadow dom uh, uh, elements as a normal element how a user would see so we are waiting for feedback on that uh, and improve much more on that is good to know uh, yeah so something new for me to try so thanks a lot nivedha ken for taking the time and talking to us tyco and good luck with the project going ahead as well yeah thanks a lot uh, it it was great it helped me uh, actually reinforce and uh, learn about like think about what tyco is really uh, thanks for the time yeah thanks see you